bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensa Otterville. And now, today's word. We are still talking on leadership, and I'm doing a two-part message uh, this week and next week. I'm, I'm dealing with the call to leadership. The call to leadership. How do people get to be leaders? And under what circumstances do people rise to play a leadership role? Now, each one of us, at some point or the other, gets to play a leadership role. Uh, it can be as fundamental, rudimentary as leading uh, a football team. It can be as simple as a class captain. It can be uh, becoming a parent or taking care of the, the boys and girls in your area, leading a boy scout or a girl scout or a girl's guide. Um, or it can be a CEO of a multinational company uh, or a CEO of a bank or the head of a church. Uh, these are different levels of leadership uh, roles that we play. How do we get to rise to play those roles? And that's what I'm exploring in this two-part message. And uh, I'm dealing with the call of leadership. So my anchor text is going to be from Exodus chapter 31, verses 1 to 5, uh, which talks about the call of a particular person called Bezalel uh, in the building of the temple. I've alluded to him a couple of times in some of my messages. Exodus chapter 31, verses 1 to 5. And we read... Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the spirit of wisdom, of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, in all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cotton jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. But the part I want you to uh, uh, pay some attention to is in verse 2. See, I have called by name Bezalel. I have called by name Bezalel. God calls people. And he uses them when he calls them. So what is a call? When we hear somebody says, I have a call from God, or God has called me, uh, what is the person talking about? Uh, if, if God is calling us to leadership, what is a call? Now, it's a, it's a bit difficult to answer that question, uh, because many times we hear people using that phrase for their job. Sometimes you can hear a teacher say, that teaching is my calling. Or a nurse will say, nursing is my calling. Or a lawyer will say that. Or most times you hear pastors who say, this is my calling. I'm called to be a pastor. What do they mean when they say, I have been called to this? Or this is my calling. 
Now many times people may feel that they are called to do something but they may not be able to properly explain what it means by a calling. So I'll give you some ideas to help you understand what a calling is. First, a calling is to be set apart and equipped to do something. A calling sets you apart. Normally, in normal usage, when we call people, we set them apart from a crowd. If there are 10 people gathered and I say, John, come, what I'm doing is I'm separating John from the crowd. So when we say a person has received a call, it means that something has happened to the person to set them apart, to separate them from other people and equipping them to do something. Now in the passage we read, God said that he had called by name Bezalel. He had called him. There were so many people around. There were many people who probably had the same skills he had, but God isolated him. He said, I have called him by name and I have uh, given him a task. So when God calls us, he identifies us, he sets us apart. Secondly, to be called means to be summoned by God for an assignment. To be summoned by God for an assignment. A calling is an invitation. When somebody calls you, he usually makes a demand of you. So, all my children may be gathered and I may call one of them and say, can you do this for me? Can you bring me a glass of water? Or can you make sure that uh, the dogs are fed? Or can you uh, turn off the TV? Now, what have I done? I have called them, identified them, and given them an assignment. In the same way, when God calls us, he doesn't just call you for entertainment purposes. When he calls you, it means that there is something special he wants us to do. A person who has a calling always has an assignment. A person who has a calling always have an assignment. Usually, the assignment becomes a burden on your heart. It becomes something that you feel driven to do. And, and you feel that unless you do that, you would not be happy. So there is a calling, it sets you apart. And secondly, it grants you an assignment. And because we are talking about this in the context of God and his relationship with us, we relate the calling to God. And thirdly, a calling is to have a deep sense of mission for your life. A calling is when people know what their life's mission is all about. People who have a strong sense of calling believe that their lives have been set apart to do something very special. There are people who do anything that comes their way and there are others who believe there are specific things they must do. There are teachers who teach because it's their job. Probably they were sitting at home, didn't have a job, 
and somebody said, well, why don't you go to a teacher training college or you have a degree, why don't you go to teach? So they go to teach and, and, and uh, they do it reasonably well, but there's no real compunction. So the next time he gets a job in a bank, he will go leave the te teaching and go to the bank. Now, and there are people who are teaching who believe this is what their life mission is about. And no matter the opportunities they have, they stay in the teaching field. I mean, it's always great when you, you go back to uh, your school. Uh, and, well, now none of my teachers is, is teaching. Uh, but when uh, you go back to your school and see somebody who taught you in class 3 or class 4 or class 5, Still teaching people at class three and class four and class five. And you look at him, Mr. So-and-so, and he's been teaching for 30 years. And he's brilliant and he's bright and he's very intelligent and he could have become anything else, but he's teach teaching class three. And he's not complaining and he's not angry and he sees you, you have become such a great person. He's not jealous, he's not envious, he's so happy that he has produced you. That is a person who believes his life is not just about a job, it is a calling, it is a mission. And there are people like that. There are pastors who believe they are called and there are pastors who do the job because man must eat. <laughs> now, so how do you identify a calling? These are the ways you identify a calling. There are nurses who do their job and have done it for a long time and are very happy with it. The salary may not be the best. Uh, they may have their own personal problems, but they come to work every day happy. Every day they feel that they are doing something significant with their lives. That is what a calling is. A calling is not just doing something for money. It's doing something because... If you don't do it, you'll be miserable. If you don't do it, your life will not be complete. So, three things we've said about our calling. First, it is to be set apart and equipped to do something. It is to be summoned by God for an assignment. Is to have, and thirdly, is to have a deep sense of mission for your life. People who become significant leaders in life, don't just become significant all at once. But usually, it starts at a very fundamental level where they believe what they were doing was a calling. Whatever they were doing, whether they were teaching, or they were soldiers, or uh, they were preachers, or they were into business, they believed that was their mission in life, and they had to put everything they were doing in it. Until you find something that you feel called to, it will be difficult for you to rise very high in life. You will be okay, but you would never rise to a very significant position in life. Those who rise there almost always have a deep sense of mission and a deep sense of calling. Now, everybody at one point or the other will receive a calling. Everybody, everybody, all of us, all of you have received a calling. Whether you've responded, I don't know. But every one of us has received a calling. And, and by the time I finish this teaching, you will realize you have received a call. 
but maybe you are like uh, Jonah. You are running away from your call. And I'm not saying you've received a call to be a pastor necessarily. And some people receive a calling to be a pastor. But people receive calling to be so many things in life. So many areas of life. Every area of life, there's going to be a calling that comes to you. We would use the call of Jesus to his disciples as a backdrop in our teaching. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 18 to 22. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 to 22. This is one of my favorite passages when it comes to leadership. Uh, It's my fundamental premise for teaching on leadership. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 to 22. And it says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Very interesting. So the passage reports the calling of Jesus' first four uh, disciples. All the four were fishermen. That's what they were occupied doing. Peter, Andrew, James, and John. I believe that before they met Jesus, if you ask them what their calling was, I'm sure they would probably say, We are called to be fishermen. Uh, most likely their parents or their fathers were fishermen because the passage actually says that Zebedee, who is the father of James and John, was a fisherman. doesn't tell us about Peter and Andrew's father, but we can assume that they were also fishermen because those days professions were passed on um, by hereditary. If your father is a carpenter, you become a carpenter, your son is a carpenter, your grandson is a carpenter, you can actually predict that your great-great-great-great-great-grandson will be a carpenter. You can just, you you don't need uh, any prophecy, you just predict. Because just people just followed in the footsteps of their father. So Peter and Andrew are fishermen, most likely their father is a fisherman. James and John are fishermen, and most likely, and and their father actually is a fisherman. So if you ask them, they will say, we are fishermen. Did they like it? I'm sure they did. And that's a very important aspect of calling that sometimes you can be called from something you think you are called to. So, they are fishing and then they receive a call. A call. Let's look at that call. Now, if you look at this call, it came in a spoken language. 
it came in a spoken language. The call came in a spoken language. Jesus said, follow me. They didn't have a vision. They didn't have a dream. They didn't sense anything in their heart. They just heard a summon. Follow me. That sometimes God's come calling to us may not come in a voice like this one. Sometimes people can feel something in their heart like a burden. Sometimes it can be an extreme need that you see. Uh, you, you, maybe you're just uh, driving through Accra and uh, you see maybe a boy crossing the road with no parent guiding him. And all of a sudden, something comes upon you that you must do something about street children. Now, that call will not have come because somebody said, follow me. But it would have come because you saw something, a need that placed a demand on you. But in this instant, the call came from uh, a spoken word. And throughout this year, I will be teaching a bit about how to identify your special calling. Now, Jesus summarized the calling with two phrases. First, he said, follow me. Follow me. Everybody who is called will receive this instruction. Follow me. Follow me is a call to training and mentoring. Now, note that he didn't say, join me. Neither did he say, walk with me. He said, follow me. Now, Jesus is very particular about what he's saying. If he said, join me, it means we are equal partners. You walk here, I walk there, and we go together. If he had said, uh, come and walk with me, we'll be together. Maybe Peter would even be ahead. But he said, follow me by saying that he has established the basis of their relationship. One will be a follower and the other will be a leader. So Jesus comes and says, follow me. Peter and Andrew, follow me. Get behind me and watch me. And where I walk, you walk. Follow me. It's a calling to training. The call to follow is critical to leadership. Although they were going to become leaders in future, their first assignment was to follow. Learn to follow. Following implies unlearning something and relearning things. Anybody who wants to be a leader and takes off to lead, may end up in the wrong direction of life or may make a shipwreck of their faith. When, you, when God calls you to leadership, one of the first fundamental things that's going to happen to you is that he's going to give you somebody to follow. Somebody to follow, to train and to mentor you. Jesus says, follow me. The second phrase he uses, I will make you. I will make you. It is a call to growth and transformation. Note that he said, I will make you. He didn't say, you will become or you will make yourself. But I will make you. In other words, there is something I'm going to do about your life that will change you. So when a person is following, they don't follow and make themselves. 
They follow and allow the leader to make them. And the leader, ultimate leader, is Jesus. Before you start following any human being, first follow Jesus. Even if you say, oh, Pastor Otabel, I want you to mentor me. I want you to train me. I'll be glad to do that. But follow Jesus first and then follow me. Jesus says, when you follow me, I will make you. I will make you. I will mold you. I will put you together. I will fix you. Now, you know that before he makes you, most of the time he will unmake you. He will put you apart before he puts you together. But he says, follow me and I will work on you. I will make you. That's the call and that's the offer. So, follow me, I will make you. Now, the disciples could have said, yeah, yeah, it's nice, but we like fishing. So you go, we'll be observing you. You go, once in a while we'll come for your meetings, but really, we, 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 we like fishing. Now, if they had said that, the transaction would have ended. The offer will be pending, but there will be nobody accepting. Everybody whom God calls must respond. Now, there are people that God has called who, has, who are not responding. If, if God says, follow me, or he says, I've called you to be this, and you don't respond to that, you will not become. So if, for example, the calling on your life is to be a nurse, but when God found you, you were making money doing something else, but really what's in your heart is to nurse people. That's your calling. Now, when you receive that calling, you may have to look at what you're doing. You are doing business. Now, if you combine this with the other scriptures, it means that when Jesus said, follow me, they had caught a lot of fish. Business was booming. He says, change of direction. They left everything and followed him. James and John didn't just leave everything. They left their father in the boat. And followed him. So there is a call. Will you respond? Let's look at the response to the call. They left everything. They left everything. That is resolve and repentance. The word repentance means to have a change of mind. A change of mind. Resolve means to be determined. They left everything and followed. It wasn't a part-time following. It was going to be a full-time following. Isn't it interesting that almost all professions require a period of leaving everything and following in order to qualify? Almost all pro professions. There is a period where you leave your home to go for training. If you want to be a soldier, you don't sit at your home and uh, stand in front of your mirror and take salutes 
and, 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 and do uh, by the left, mark time and think you become a soldier. No, you have to leave and go to the military school and there they will make you. Oh yeah, they will make you. Beginning with changing your hairstyle. You can't take civilian hair to the army. They will change you, change your eating habits, change your walking habits, change your time, change how you respond to time, change your ability to respond to instruction. They, they will pump obedience in you. I'm telling you. They, you, you can say, well, I'm free, a free thinker. I'm a free-minded person. I go where I want to go to the military. And you will learn to say yes, sir, to something you hate. What are they doing? They are making you. And in every profession, you want to be a doctor, you don't get up in the morning and just take some uh, uh, stethoscope and put it on people's chest and prescribe medicine for them. No. You leave, you follow, and they will make you. You want to be a nurse? The same thing. You want to be a pastor? You go to Bible college, they will make you. You want to be an accountant? They will make you. You want to be an engineer? They will make you. That's the process for rising to leadership. When you respond, you don't respond and come and say, well, this is my way of thinking. You leave everything behind and follow. The reason why some people don't never rise into significant leadership is because they don't know how to leave things behind. They want to go into the next phase of their life with the junk of their past. But you can't rise to the next phase with the junk of your past. Something must give when you're rising in leadership. Something must go. They left everything and they followed. So the first thing, they left everything. And the second thing is that they followed. They followed. Following requires submission and service. They committed to submit to him, committed to serving. This is the model for leadership call. Follow. Leave everything and follow. It's a process. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebe, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebe. Email otebe at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.